Thanks for keeping it on your freeform station. We hope you're enjoying the music. 91.5 WMFO Medford and worldwide at WMFO.org. Federal government alone spends four and a half billion dollars a year locking up people for drug offenses. It costs almost $28,000 a year just to incarcerate one prisoner. Compare that to the average annual tuition at a four-year public college, which is $5,491, and you realize that the drug war is blurring our nation's priorities. Taxpayers' money would be much better spent educating people instead of punishing them. But thanks to ever-increasing mandatory minimum drug sentences, an entire class of young people are being filtered into new supermax prisons while the resulting budget crunch forces the rest of us to go to old, dilapidated schools. The more money we dump into prisons, the less we have to invest in college campuses. Visit www.schoolsnotprisons.com to find out how you can get involved in the war against the war on drugs. And a pleasant good afternoon to you, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. This is indeed the Shukri Wright Show at 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford, Touch Free Farm Radio, streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening, thank you for making this show part of your Monday afternoon as we are now rumbling into late August. And a lot has changed since I last did a semblance of a show because last week's show was absolutely disastrous let me just keep it 100 with you it was I wasn't right physically I wasn't right and only 30 minutes into the show I said you know what this isn't going to do it I got to I got to uh, bail out on today so that's exactly what I did I wasn't physically right but thankfully I'm feeling better now although I do admit that earlier I was feeling a, a bit exhausted, given that I just got back from from a, a mini vacation, you could say. I watched my brother get married on Saturday, was his best man at his wedding in New York. It was tremendous. The ceremony was beautiful. Him and his newly wedded wife, Danielle, they're now in Jamaica on their honeymoon as we speak. Last spoke to him this morning, and it was just phenomenal. It was still a topic of discussion this morning as many people were getting ready to, to you know, head into work or, you know, do whatever they typically do on a Monday. But now here we are on a Monday afternoon, a little bit after 6 o'clock here in the Boston area, and it, to me, seems like the first day of what has been absolute mayhem. The phone lines are open if you want to call in to talk to me or share with me your thoughts on what I'm about to talk about. You can call in at 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636. It's the number to call in to the show. Now, as many of you know, Friday was the first evening, because it started at 9 o'clock Friday. Friday evening when the Orange Line shut down for an entire month. Now, mind you, I have been away outside of New England 
for a better part of the last couple of days. I just got back home last night. Well, I would say a little bit after 9.45, I got home. So today was really my first full day experiencing the full grunt of the shutdown on the orange line. And honestly, there was a couple of things that really stood out to me. Number one, what an absolute bleep show it is. It really is an absolute bleep show. I took the shuttle bus from Sullivan to Government Center earlier this afternoon. And it was not pretty. It was not a lot of fun. If anything else, I was rather irritated, tired, and internally debating whether if I should even do a show today. Honestly, I was about 98, 99% close to not even doing any type of show today. I was. But then I remembered why I do this to begin with. I remember that I needed to get the reps in to have an opportunity to talk to you, the audience. I didn't even post on social media that I was doing a show today. That's that's how close I was to actually not even being on the air. But I said to myself, you know what? No, I'm going to do at least an hour. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to be here with you until seven. I want to talk to you, you know, talk sports, talk about life and, you know, whatever else that may come to mind. And that's exactly what I am going to do. So as I was on the shuttle bus heading into downtown today, I found myself falling asleep on numerous occasions where I kept saying to myself, man, I'm exhausted. I am tired. And I just wondered, man, was it because that I just got back in late last night? I mean, it wasn't like late, like 9.45, but I, it was the fact that I didn't go to sleep until much later. And even though I got in the house, took a shower, got myself comfortable and everything and so forth, I didn't go to sleep right away. <laughs> if anything else, I just laid in, laid in my bed for who knows however long it may have been and just laid there, did nothing. Had the radio on, you know, had some sports talk radio just listening to and whatnot. And that was it. That was it. But by the time I woke up this morning and finally got myself out of, out of bed, I was saying to myself, yo, I am exhausted. And then when I left the house, I remembered the reality that I'm sure it hit a lot of people today. The orange line is out of service in its entirety from beginning to end. The entire 11-mile-long line is shut down until September 18th. I didn't fully grasp or understand just how bad or how significant it was going to be until I got closer to the city. And you begun to notice the little things. Like how on some lines and in some pockets of stretch of the line, it just seemed like there were more passengers than there typically are. And for me, what I began to really notice that was when I got to Copley, when I got to Back Bay, that was really where the first time it hit me like, okay, I can feel it now. 
You ever come to a point at any moment in your life where you begin to feel a grunt of a particular situation and you're like, yeah, I feel it now. That was me today. But when it comes to public transit and uh, and the major ramifications surrounding the shutdown of the Orange Line, that was me. So when I got towards the commons and I, then I got towards Park Street, that's where it really hit me. It hit me so much so that at that point I was beginning to wonder is any of this worth it and then on top of that it was pouring and for those of you that are listening that are outside of the Boston area it's been pouring for a considerable amount of time today it has and even right now as I look outside the studio it's just really gray and dark just rain constantly, except around 4 o'clock where it wasn't really raining at all. It was just cloudy, overcast, just a, a, a very unsightly day for, for, for baseball, to say the least. So when I got to Government Center, I saw everybody basically just trying to scramble to catch the shuttle bus to wherever way that they were trying to go, whether it was Forest Hills or north of the city to Malden or Medford, it became increasingly clear that this is going to be everyday life for the next month and that everybody was going to do whatever they could to muster through this time period in which that, let's face it, it's stressful. I felt that stress traveling through government center this afternoon where you're standing on a platform you're looking behind you and you realize the crowd is about maybe five or six deep, if not more. And you're like, really? This is, by the way, at 3.15. Rush hour hadn't even begun yet. And that's why I tweeted out what I said in terms of, man, this is not even rush hour officially yet, but we're about to enter PM rush hour. And the crowds at Government Center are absolutely atrocious. It was bad. It was just really bad. Now... I'm on the green line, I get back to park, and I get off at park, and I walk towards the red line, and I'm just saying to myself, man, listen, let me just get to the studio, let me just get to the studio, and how I feel when I get to the studio is how I feel, honestly and truthfully, but I'm grateful to have made it through this Monday. I'm grateful to even be sitting here in this seat doing the show because, again, I was really close to saying, you know what? I can't do this today. I'll come back on Wednesday and I'll do a show, do a show Thursday, do a show at some point on Friday, knowing that Friday for me personally is going to be a very busy day. But I said, no, I'm going to do a show for an hour. I'm going to come talk to you. I'm going to work on my craft. I'm going to, you know, get comfortable again being behind the mic because there are times where I admit even over the last couple of weeks just felt not as confident in myself as I typically am but right now I'm relaxed I feel like I'm just talking to you the individual for anyone out there that's willing to lend an ear and even listen and that in itself is appreciated I thank you for that 
So I spent the last few days in New York. Came back last night. Hadn't been in New York in about a good year plus, almost a year and a half. And it was extremely bittersweet. The ceremony was absolutely amazing. Seeing my brother get married, he asked me to be his best man when he first got engaged to his longtime girlfriend. It was awesome. And, you know, being asked to give a speech was something that I I laughed. I laughed because, not because it was funny, but because it was like, I don't feel nervous. Going into it, I wasn't nervous at all. I was actually very calm. I was just chill. I was like, you know what? I talk into a mic for a living. Into, I talk to countless, many, many people, hundreds, maybe thousands of people who listen to, to whatever I have to say, whether if it's on here, on social media, and whatever other else that there may be. So that's me. But going into giving the speech yesterday, I was just like, look, <laughs> I got this. There's no reason for me to be nervous. Sure, you're a natural. And the people who came up to me after I gave my best man speech were the ones that were saying, man, that was the best speech I've ever heard for a best man give. And I'm like, wow. And it was humbling. And it really is humbling even just to talk about because it really wasn't planned. It wasn't prescripted. It was something that I wanted to do from the from the core of my heart. That's exactly what I wanted to do. And I'm glad that I was able to be part of such a magical weekend. The only thing that I I do have to complain about is the fact the orange line is absolutely out of service, gonzo, and we all in the Boston metro area got to basically work around it. It just feels weird. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Like, I haven't been back in Boston for a whole 24 hours yet. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe it's that. I don't know. But it feels weird. So if you want to call into the program, you can call in at 855-915-WMFO. 855-915-9636 is the number to call into the show. We're going to take a music break. And when we come back, there is a reason why. I am a big believer in expanding your circle and your network. Why are we reading too much in this particular situation? I'm going to tell you exactly what that is and my thoughts on it. Coming up next right here on the Shooky Right Show, 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. I came out in the 11th grade. Nobody was embracing you. The kids were cruel. It was very difficult to be gay. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. The hard part was determining that I was gonna do it, but I definitely didn't do it alone. 
At age 30, with the help of her mentor, Carissa finished her high school diploma. I have a mentor, Maria. She convinced me to continue my education and to finish what I started to get my diploma. She just never judges. She's a true role model. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, go get it. You can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. How do you dispose of cigarettes? Well, there's part of plants. Really? Fertilizer and dried plant roots can catch fire. Trash cans okay? Please. All that trash can easily catch fire. So off my porch is a bad idea. Cigarettes tossed into mulch, leaves, and grass start many fires. Fire can grow up the side of a building before anyone notices. Fine. Bucket of sand? That's perfect. Put it out. All the way. Every time. To learn more, go to mass.gov DFS. Just like my baby song going round round my head Like my baby song going round around my head Five days on the freeway riding shotgun with you Two hearts in the fast lane we had big dreams in blue Playing sweet child of mine And I still feel that line Where are you now? Where are you now? Hey, it's been too long, too long ago my love Just like my baby song going round, round my head 
like my favorite song going round and round my head. You're just like my favorite song going round and round my head. Like my favorite song going round and round my head. Hey, it's been too long. Some days I can feel it, but the feeling ain't all blue. You got me believing, one day you gotta come through. Lost in these city lights, 'cause I can't sleep tonight. Where are you now? Where are you now? Hey, it's been too long, too long ago, my love. Where did we go wrong? Too late to turn around. Where are you now? Where are you now? Hey, it's been too long. You're just like my favorite song going round and round my head. Like my favorite song going round and round my head. You're just like my favorite song going round and round my head. Like my favorite song going round and round my head. Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. Touch Free Farm Radio streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and WMFO.org. The number to call in is 855-915-WMFO. 855-915-9636 is the number to call into the show. As I'm here with you until 7 o'clock today, I was uh, giving a little bit of a story during the first segment talking about like how close I was to not even coming in today, considering how exhausted I was, and as well as just the overall, um, just the overall energy level that I was feeling surrounding today. I feel like today was just an exhausting Monday for some reason, and I do believe that one one reason is because of I did not allow myself to have that quote unquote day just to rest, relax, chill. None of that. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm back. I'm here. Got to get back on the grind, become a better radio host and broadcaster. You know, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe either WEEI or 98.5 The Sports Hub, um, an opportunity may come up, come about, God willing. You just never know. But either way, you got to gotta stay ready. You got to continue to work no matter how you're feeling. There are going to be days that you feel like doing this, and there are going to be days where you're just like, Nah, I don't feel like doing it, but you still do it anyway. So, so that's that. Now, the media, I feel like sometimes could either be your best friend or your enemy. Allow me to explain why. You see, the, the media is a very powerful entity. It has the ability to inform and misinform has the ability to guide and misguide. It has the ability to create conversations that are either meaningful or even in some cases meaningless. But let's be honest. In 2022, 
anything that may be documented in the media or by the media or reported on or about can be used either for you or against you. And in some cases, you may actually get yourself a news story. That's the way how this industry works. So when pictures came about surrounding Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant working out together, the local media and even the national media went into a, a major uproar. Like, oh my God, look at those two working out together. I wonder how does how does that make Jason Jalen Brown feel? I mean, should he be pissed? No. Why would he be pissed? What's the reason why that he should be upset? Like, come on, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit here. I get that we live in a world that we have to react and have an opinion on everything based upon what we do. I mean, I'm a radio talk show host. My job is to have an opinion on just about everything that is on the menu. For example, if someone get, came to me and gave me a plate full of fried onion rings and a double cheeseburger from in and out my job as a opinionist is to have an opinion was this a good burger was this a good onion ring or was it bad what could be better about it that's kind of like how the media works is to have an opinion on everything but jason tatum and jalen brown in the heat of Crazy trade rumors and trade talks surrounding Kevin Durant, how the Boston Celtics have become his number one trade destination or preferred trade destination. How is this a good look for Jason Tatum? And for the first time, I'm going to put it out here bluntly on the show and simply say, a lot of you got too much time on your hands. Why are some of you criticizing Jason Tatum for working out with, with uh, Kevin Durant? Why? Personally, I don't find issue with that at all. Here's my reasons why. See, remember my earlier point about the media and how it has the ability to inform and misinform and the guide and misguide? I think sports media right now, when it comes to this particular topic is doing a pretty damn good job of misguiding. Because, let's be frank here for a moment, and I'm serious. For those of you that are old enough to remember, remember when Michael Jordan was in the process of filming the, the movie Space Jam back in 1996? What did he do? He also did something extraordinary at that time but ironically, it's being frowned upon today. And what was that? He called and invited a bunch of fellow NBA superstars, most notably Patrick Ewing. Remember him? And a bunch of other future Hall of Famers. I mean, I remember correctly, um, Charles Barkley was in, was in that group as well. But my point is, this is not the first time that we've seen an NBA star work out with a future Hall of Famer in Kevin Durant. And I'm using him as an, as an example, using this as an example, because we love to create a mountain out of a mole. Why is this a big deal? 
is this because that we're so desperate for a story that Jalen Brown is involved in Kevin Durant trade talks that his Robin to Batman, Jason Tatum, is working out with Kevin Durant in L.A. Because heaven forbid that he has friends. Is this what this is becoming now? You can't work out with that guy because he plays elsewhere? Like, come on, give me a, give me a freaking break. This has become so over-the-top idiotic and moronic that I'm looking at a lot of the media personalities out there and I'm saying, are we really making a big deal out of this? Well, why don't you see this as a big It's not a big deal. This has become the most common thing in the NBA. NBA stars have been working out together in the offseason for years. Jason Tatum is no different. This is a non-story. Seriously. What story is there to be had? Why is is it because you think that this may be a recruiting ploy for you know for Kevin Durant to come to the Celtics and to push Jalen Brown away, which may or may not even be the case. You see, Malcolm X truly said it best. The late Malcolm X, may God have rest and mercy on his soul. He said once, be careful, because if you're not careful, the media will have you befriending the one that who is your enemy, and it will make an enemy out of the one that you should be befriending. And I'm paraphrasing that quote there, because I feel like in a way it applies to this. We're not taking it to the extreme, given the context in which it was said, at the time, in the height of the civil rights movement where black folks were being told that they had to sit in the back of a bus or being told to sit in a different part of the wrestle because of their skin color. That's not what this is. What this is, is, is the media taking what is simply the norm in today's NBA, turning it into a big story, Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant working out together in L.A., all the while, the Boston Celtics are trying to work with the Brooklyn Nets to get a deal done, supposedly, to bring Kevin Durant to Boston. I don't see the big deal in this at all. But I personally decided to talk about this because I was frankly getting sick and tired about hearing this being a story, especially in the Boston market. Like, again... This is what Boston sports is entails now. It basically entails now. Gossip, nonsensical, idiotic, and absolutely wild takes to create and manufacture wild stories where there really needs to be none. I look at that whole thing and I say to myself, what's the big deal? This is nothing new at all. At all. If you have any thoughts on what I'm talking about regarding Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum working out together, is it a big deal or not? You can call into the program at 855-915-WMFO. 855-915-9636 is the number to call in. And final thought before I wrap up this segment, because the other thought that came to mind just now is when you're at a point where You know what you have, and what you have is special. Why mess that up? Why mess that up? 
But again, and I'll, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I am of the belief that you have to be particularly careful. I believe Jalen Brown wants to be in Boston. I believe he wants to be a Celtic. I believe that Brown wants to be here long term. And so does Jason Tatum. I think, and I've said this before, those two guys are going to be the cornerstone pillars for the Boston Celtics for many years to come. Their NBA Finals appearance this past June, I'm willing to bet it's not going to be their only one and it won't be their last. So for once in a blue moon, can we stop with this whole gossip conversation surrounding what are they doing? Why why is Jason Tatum working out with Kevin Durant? It's stupid. Because let's be frank here. Now, what I'm about to say, I'm not making a direct comparison, but I want you to understand the premise that I'm coming with here. If Michael Jordan were still playing in today's NBA, and he contacted Jason Tatum and said, hey, I want to work out with you. Let's work out together somewhere in Chicago. You want to tell me that if you were in Jason Tatum's shoes, that like you wouldn't want to go work out with the greatest of all time? Are you out of your mind? I mean, Kevin Durant is a surefire Hall of Famer. Regardless of my opinions on how thin-skinned he is or his deficiencies and whatnot, he's a surefire Hall of Famer. One of the absolute greatest to ever play the NBA. You mean to tell me if Kevin Durant were to reach out to you and ask you to come out and work out with him, you're not going to work out with him, and he, you don't think he's going to teach you things that's going to help you become a better NBA player? You have to be absolutely crazy and lie on yourself if the answer is no. You take the opportunity to learn from the best regardless of where it may come from. Truth is truth, regardless of where it comes from. You have to be willing to do whatever it takes to get better while recognizing that you don't have all the answers. If anything, I applaud Jason Tatum for going to work out with, with Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant is one of the best players in the NBA right now, top five, hands down. I want a top five player, NBA champion, something that Jason Tatum hasn't accomplished just yet, invites you to go work out with him, you take up on the invite and you go work out with Kevin Durant. You go get better at any cost possible. That is what you do. And that is what it takes to become an NBA champion. We are going to step aside here for just a moment. When we return, coming up next, I am of the belief that if you are not careful with what you do or how you decide to perceive things, it is very easy to take things the wrong way. I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm talking about and who this pertains to. Coming up next here on the Shukri Wright Show, 91.5 FM, WMFO in Medford, Tusk Reform Radio. Oh, 
Hello, special lady. I think it's time for a little one-on-one conversation. Talking about my baby, baby. Oh, not you, baby. Our baby, baby. In recent scientific studies of lactation. Magical lady, gotta get down to business. Gonna turn the lights down real for a slideshow on childhood disease resistance. A wonderful woman, if you do breastfeed, a little baby will be at less risk for respiratory illnesses. Hey, I'm just talking about breastfeeding. Educate your sweet self at 800-994-WOMAN or forwoman.gov or talk to your healthcare provider. Babies were born to be breastfed exclusively for six months. This public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the Ad Council, and this station. Baby. Now 
Vicky, how you doing? How's the knee? It's coming along, doctor, but still some soreness. Well, let's see. You know, this soon after surgery, some pain is pretty normal. I was hoping to get more painkillers. The first round worked great. We're being very careful with those now. Prescription painkillers are opioids, same as heroin. It's easy to start taking them, not so easy to stop. Last year in America, an average of 40 people died from opioid abuse every day. Long-term addiction has become America's newest health epidemic. So no pills? Vicki, you're doing great. So let's try these anti-inflammatories, plus your physical therapy. If the soreness doesn't continue to get better, give me a call. For opioids, the smaller the dose prescribed and taken, the better. Because even a few prescription painkillers can sometimes go a long, wrong way. A message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons and the Orthopedic Trauma Association. Visit orthoinfo.org slash prescription safety. Sometimes trying to get connected, no Wi-Fi. Tell me that you love me, are you lying? Give me lemonade, I give you limes. House in the hills is a house of cards. Blink and the fairy tale falls apart. Sorry, didn't mean to get so dark. Maybe I'm an alien, Earth is hard. Sometimes I don't trust the way I feel. On my Instagram, talking about I'm healed. I could be like everyone But I'm 
It's Thursday night and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Start it off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in, say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... ...could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO and Medford Touch Reform Radio. Streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app and globally on WMFO.org. I'm here with you until 7 o'clock Eastern Time as after this show, it looks like Horns A Plenty will be coming on the air from 7 p.m. until 8 p.m. That is this evening right after the conclusion of the Shukri Wright Show on 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. And I'm going to call in is 855-915-WMFO, 855-915-9636 is the number to call in. But before I proceed further, I'm, I don't remember if I shared this news with you, the audience, um, before I was um, away, well, quote unquote, but I don't remember if I shared the news at all, but I'm going to share it with you now. Um, I've been blessed with an opportunity um, to broadcast games uh, for Boston University on ESPN Plus, and I will be starting that up in very short order. That is God willing on September seventeenth, uh, one p.m. Eastern. Field hockey, I believe it's BU against uh, Harvard. But I gotta double check the the match just to let you know for sure which one. But I but I'll let you know again. I will in fact uh, let you know again. Um, once I once I double check that for you, but either way, September seventeenth, one p.m. Eastern, exclusively on ESPN Plus and ESPN app, I will be making my play-by-play debut, calling Boston University on um, college sports. So I'm excited for that. Can't wait to get started in just less than a month from now. So the time now for me to start preparing for that begins in earnest uh, this week. I look forward to that very much. What I am also looking forward to is is having some sort of resolution and as well as answers as to what the Red Sox plans are going to be moving forward as it pertains to Xander Bogarts. Because I saw something interesting regarding um, Bogarts in the Boston uh, the Boston Globe today. In which that I want to share with you, I think that is really worth reading into. And I'm going to pull up the article to see if it will allow me to, at least here. And here it is. So this was a column that was written earlier today by Alex Spear of the Boston Globe. And it is titled, Xander Bogart's Complicated and Frustrating Season. And I'm going to read to you an excerpt from that. 
because I thought that this was really telling in more ways than one. Xander Bogarts erupted Friday in Baltimore, throwing his hat, or rather his bat, after getting called out on a borderline strike as a prelude to just the second ejection of his career. It was a sight unlike anything seen before in his 10 big league seasons. But based on a 20-minute conversation one day earlier in the clubhouse at PNC Park in Pittsburgh, it didn't come as a shock. The rising magma within Bogarts was obvious. A slowly forming smoke plume shadowed a player who has seemingly spent his entire career exuding sunshine. And it started with his response to a simple question. How would he describe this year? Bogart shakes his head. He emitted a lengthy, exasperated sigh. He laughed. Oh, man. It's been... He said, wow. Bogart's frustration, a term he employed a half dozen times, seems out of place when just looking at his numbers. Bogarts leads the American League shortstops in batting average 299, OPS 811, leads all big league shortstops in on-base percentage of 370. He ranks 16th in the major leagues and 6th in the American League in war, 4.2, which also leads all American League shortstops according to fan graphs. Yet, Bogarts, who, that, who, those measures are superficial masking the reality of a season in which he has never felt like himself. It's been unbelievable, he said. I feel like I haven't had an A-swing this whole year. It's very frustrating when you know what you want to feel, but for whatever reason, you can't. At night, when you put your pillow, your head on the pillow, I feel like I did everything I possibly could working on stuff, but just dot, dot, dot. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I really do think that Bogart's has been internalizing a lot of the frustration regarding the Red Sox lack of commitment to him long term. I really do because one he's not having a bad year offensively at all. He really isn't. And and I realized this the other night when I was listening to the Red Sox uh, broadcast on WEEI that Bogarts is someone in which I look at and I say they should be building around him. He should be the face of the franchise. But why have the Red Sox been so collectively slow and unwilling to commit to him long term? Which is something that I, for the life of me, do not understand. So when I read a, an article or a column from Alex Spear in the Boston Globe like this, it pertains to Xander Bogarts. It's not difficult to see why the frustration. I mean, it truly isn't. If anything else, I look at this and I say to myself, man, at what point do you say, and I mean this, at what point do you say, if you're Xander Bogarts, I got to let this magma out? Because for a team that is barely hanging on for a playoff spot, in the American League wildcard chase, this is not good. You're six games out of the third and final AL wildcard spot right now. Here we are on August 22nd. Not good at all. Not good at all. 
And if Bogarts isn't right or he doesn't feel right, you can pretty much kiss the postseason goodbye. You need him to be right. He has to be one of the major reasons why the Red Sox are able to clinch a playoff spot, especially when you got teams like Baltimore who is for real and they're not going anywhere down the stretch with about a month and a half left in the season, in the regular season, that is, and the Toronto Blue Jays, who, oh, by the way, come to Boston tomorrow night for the beginning of a three-game set against the Red Sox at Fenway. So this now begs the question, at what point do you begin to read into things and you observe and take things at face value based upon what you see? And the answer to that is now. It's 100% now. I thought that this column was particularly telling because another reason I want to add is because Bogart's from what I've watched of him over the last few years, especially the last few years living in Boston or in the Boston area, Bogarts is a pretty even-keel, happy-go-lucky individual. He just seemed that way. But there is just something about him this year in 2022 that when you're able to pick up a vibe on someone, you're able to recognize and realize something's not right. Something's not right with this dude. I don't think it's physical. I mean, his numbers look good. If you really want further context to, as to what Xander Bogart's numbers look like so far in 2022, well, here it is. Xander Bogart so far in 2022, as mentioned, hitting 299. He's got 10 home runs. He's got 50 runs batted in, seven stolen bases, on-base percentage of 370. So he's not having a bad year. He truly isn't. But what I don't understand is whatever that he's frustrated with, he hasn't let it out yet. You need Xander Borgas to get right mentally and emotionally. Because based on that column that I read in the Boston Globe, he's not right mentally. It's pretty clear. And another part of the column that I thought that was also telling, which one, which 100% supports my point, is Alex Beer writes also, quote, the last time Bogarts found himself in anything like this sort of year-long predicament was 2017. That was the final year that John Farrell was the manager of the Boston Red Sox. When a succession of hand and wrist injuries forced him to spend most of the year swinging with one hand and unable to drive the ball. Though he hasn't had a severe health issue this year, Bogarts did allow his swing that has not been right since he collided with Alex Verdugo in shallow left field while chasing a fly ball on May 20th. Wow. To that point, Bogarts was hitting 326, four homers, 38 games, and 78 games since the injury, he's hitting 286 with 361 on base percentage, a 429 slugging mark, and only six home runs. That is telling. So what Alex Pure did was pinpoint where the season changed for Bogarts and why he's been feeling the way that he's been feeling. So you can point to potential physical ailment, although Bogarts will not allow himself to use that as an excuse. I mean, more power to him. 
But the reality is, the truth is the truth. He hasn't been right since May 20th. He's not playing horrible. He's not hitting badly. He's hitting 286 since that point. But that's not the same Bogarts that you saw in 2018 or 2019. Not even close. And that's definitely not the Bogarts that you need going down the stretch as you are rapidly approaching towards September and October being right around the corner. It's not far away, folks. But you need Bogarts to get right. So we got about two and a half minutes remaining. I just want to wrap up the show on this quick final thought on the Sugar Ray Show 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford. I just want to quickly put this out there because I don't know what that will look like fully as of yet. But this show is going to be moving. It's going to be moving to a different time slot. Um, maybe as early as next week. I don't know exactly what time yet, God willing. But I would recommend those that are listening, follow me on social media at Shukri Writes. It's at S-H-U-K-R-I-W-R-I-G-H-T-S. That's how you can follow me on social media, both on Twitter and TikTok with the same handle as for the latest updates for the Shukri Writes show. And I say that because I will be um, beginning a new chapter next week in my life. And it is going to force me to move some things around. Um, my radio show being primarily one of them. So next week, the time will be different. I don't know what time exactly yet, but I will. And I should, in fact, know by the weekend, hopefully. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Shukri Wright Show, 91.5 FM WMFO. In Medford. Coming up next is Horns of Plenty. That's going to be coming up with DJ MO. That's from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. So stick around for that. This is Shukri Wright signing off. Thank you for listening to the program. I will talk to you later. Follow me on Twitter at Shukri Wrights for the latest update as to when I will be back on the airwaves. You can follow me there and on TikTok as well. You have been listening to 91.5 FM WMFO in Medford Touch Reform Radio. Streaming nationwide on the TuneIn Radio app, globally on WMFO.org. Enjoy the rest of your night, everybody. Take care and peace.